Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, women in medicine, sisters in service. This is Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversation between us, female physicians. Through my conversations with other female colleagues, I hope to bring you encouragement, inspiration, hope, and some fun to your life and your practice. So no more feeling alone in medicine because you have now found the community of truth speakers, lifesavers, and fierce females who want to support one another. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, also your colleague in medicine and coach in life. And this is episode number 19. And today's episode, I have to say, is one of my absolute favorites. I did not know Dr. Vias before I started talking with her but I want to say that afterwards, she is she has to be one of my new BFFs because in this conversation, we talk about courage, we talk about mom guilt, we talk about self-care, we talk about sleep. We hit on so many topics that I think we could have gone on for so much longer. But anyway, her word that we chose was courage. But like I said, there is just so much goodness in this conversation you're going to have to listen to it at least twice. I know I've listened to it at least three times, not counting editing, just because of how many great nuggets there are in it. So enjoy our conversation. Stick around for a kick of encouragement afterwards. And I just can't wait to keep sharing all these episodes with this project with you. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Erin Wiseman back with another special guest today. I am really, really excited for you guys to meet her because we literally just talked about a half hour before we got on this podcast recording with you. So, Dr. Vias, tell us about yourself. Hi, everyone. Um, so, my name is uh, Neelan Vias. I am a board certified pediatrician, uh, graduated from LSU Medical School here in New Orleans. And uh, Graduated from med school, did residency um, also here in New Orleans at Children's Hospital. Uh, worked in private practice as a pediatrician and then for about seven years and then left private practice about four years ago to start my own business doing sleep consulting. So I teach parents how to get their kids sleeping through the night. Uh, it's called Sleepless in NOLA. And I founded it and started the company uh, after realizing, um, after having my own kids and realizing Sleep is such a crucial part of uh, development and a necessity for kids and their parents. And realizing that in med school, we didn't learn a whole lot about um, pediatric sleep, nor in residency. And so I've um, sort of hit the books and uh, journal articles and researched uh, more so to help myself and learned in the process how to get a child uh successfully sleeping through the night in a gentle and safe manner. And uh, when I put it into practice for my first child and it worked, I started teaching my clients at work um, or my patients rather at work. And then uh, when it was working for them and then it worked for my second son, who was a little more difficult of a, of a kid in general and it worked for him. And then um, I decided, all right, this, there's something to this and I have to teach the world, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Absolutely. I have one of those second sons who's a little bit ornery as well. So tell me <laughs> what our word today is that we are going to talk around. Courage. Courage. Gosh, it's a good one. It's, it's a, a really one. Big good one. <laughs> and when you were picking it, what were you thinking about? I thought about, um, you know, just 
how much courage it takes to be a woman just in this world. <laughs> and then for a woman to become a physician and then to leave that life behind, so to speak, and to start um, my own business took a lot of courage for me. Um, just because in medicine, it's, you know, being the type A that's generally the type of person that you know, makes a good doctor or is, you know, chooses to go into the field is typically type A people. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those type A perfectionist people. And, you know, in medical school and in medicine in general, it's, you know, we're told what to do and we do it and we follow rules and we like, um, or rather I'll speak for myself. I like um, boundaries and consistency and rules and um, to break outside of that mold and do something completely out of the um, norm of what was expected of a physician or a pediatrician, um, what took a lot of courage for me. Um, and, you know, to fight through, I guess, like the stereotypes and um, expectations that people have for you of what you should be doing or what a physician looks like um, took a lot of courage for me. Gosh, there's a lot in that that we could definitely unpack in all of it because my heart rings true with you as well with that because definitely, you know, it's that huge challenge to like get into medical school, you know, and then you get put on this path and then it's like stay in the lines. The lines are your friends. And not that we don't have to have courage and training because I think that definitely plays a huge part in it. But there's that like security of knowing the path is set for you and you just got to keep walking down it and keep following the rules and not screwing up <laughs> and then you, the path is there but like when you hop over to a new idea like just hearing you explain about you know like with your first baby and how that kind of worked and you're like hmm, maybe there's something to this and then the next and then you know being like I think I need to do this but there's no clear path on yeah. how to do that to yeah. me not only it speaks to like courage but like bravery like true bravery yeah because you know like i the mind uh the 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 idea was kind of circling around in my head for a long time but every time i thought about leaving that security of private practice and that uh monthly paycheck you know and knowing like okay i know what to do here i know what to do when a rash comes in or i know what to do when a kid has an infection or a fever or you know whatever but, and I know what to do on how to help parents get their kids to sleep, but I don't know how to start a business. I don't know how to market myself. I don't know how um, to make money outside of the constructs of a traditional medical job, you know, and um, I wouldn't have been able to do it if it weren't for the support of family and friends and my husband, of course. Um, so that's definitely another component of it, but I think, taking that first step and saying, you know what, whatever happens will happen. And I always have medicine to fall back on, traditional medicine to, you know, to fall back on. So, and people will always need doctors. They will always need pediatricians. So I know that's what gave me the most uh, courage is knowing that I had that to, to back myself up with. Yeah. Definitely, like having that fallback plan, even though you don't want to fall back on it, but you know that it's there. You know, the one thing that really um, brought me courage was when I had a mentor that she really challenged me on the thought of like the typical traditional practice was the safest or secure. She's like, 
you don't know what will happen. What if the state comes in and closes down your office? Or what if something happens with your hospital and they say, okay, three months from now, we're closing your clinic because it's not productive. Or, you know, say something happens to one of your, um, the other doctors in your office, you know, the security of your own practice is gone because now you're going to have to, you know, cover something for, for them. So when she kind of pointed out to me that, that false sense of security that comes with like staying in the lines wasn't really there. It made um, like imagining that big dream um, being a female entrepreneur, like doing things a little bit differently. It made that less scary to me. And that kind of gave me some courage. I know as I was thinking the same things. And then the other thing that gave me courage, because just like you said, like we don't know how to start a business, you know, they don't teach that to us in school. I, I don't know. I didn't know how to like obtain an LLC or, right. you know what I mean? Any of that, that kind of stuff. But it was when my husband was like, Aaron, you're like the smartest person I know. If other people can do this, why can't you? Yeah. And that was so challenging to me because I was like, you're absolutely right. And I think I had to eat a little bit of humble pie. Not going to lie. If, if anybody out there can uh, sympathize with me, I mean, we're kind of alpha female, you know, we're yeah. top of the pyramid. And yeah. so by having these new ideas and like venturing out into the world of business and, and entrepreneurship, like I had to go sit at the feet of some people who knew more than me. And I had to be able to admit to say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. Can you, can you help me with this social media stuff or yeah. help me put a podcast together or fix this internet stuff that I broke on here? Um, and that, that gives you courage. Like after you finally take off the facade of like being perfect or being stoic or like knowing it all, when you take that down, you're like, Oh, there's courage under all of that. I see you now. Yeah. Sometimes the courage comes in just ha having that, um, courage to ask the question. Well, I think too, also, it's also having the courage to say, no, 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 no. Right. We're going to do it my way. We're going to, yeah. we're going to just try this and let's just see if sleepless Enola goes. And yeah. then if it doesn't, okay, you know, we'll try it again. Or with me, we'll just see if truth prescription flies. And yeah. if it doesn't, I'll pack my ass up. I'll get my black pants and white coat back on and I'll go back. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, being able, because I bet, I bet that you, as you started your business, that people looked at you like, are you crazy? Cause I know people did that when I said, I'm a life coach now. And they're like, Erin, you're a doctor. It's like, they want to put you in the box. Yeah. It was, it, I felt like it was a lot of disappointment, you know, and they're like, well, you went to med school and residency and all that time and money and energy and effort. And you're not a doctor anymore. And it's like, no, still a doctor. <laughs> I'm just not doing traditional medicine. I'm still using all my education in a different way to help people achieve a goal, which is exactly what physicians do. Exactly. We are healers. That, that is, if you become a doctor and you are not a healer, you really are in the wrong position. I mean, that is our inner calling. That is our inner mission. And I think that's, I know that's where I was stuck for like a year and a half when I knew that I wasn't in the right place, but I was too scared to move from my family medicine office into something else because 
I was stuck in that, like, but I'm a doctor, right. but that's what I do. But it wasn't until the light switch switched over for me, like, no, you're a healer. So there's thousands of other things that you can do that it really just didn't sink in. And the, 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 the scariness was still kind of there with all of it. What was your impetus like to say, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to forward and do something different. I am so, I'm so thick scald. It probably took like 20 of them to finally hit me over the head. Um, you know, I'm a fixer. And so, you know, initially when I knew things were not right, I am a squeaky wheel and I went to administration and I tried to make things right and I tried to fix things and make things better. So like we did some adjustments in my patient panels and we changed how I was coming in at times and I hadn't really touched my like contractor FTEs yet. I gave up going to one nursing home when I, because I was doing like four at the time. And so like made some adjustments like that and then got a little further down the road. And I was like, okay, this is like slightly better, but not really so much. Um, but I think a lot of it was the continuation of Sunday dreads like that before going to work on Sunday night, you're ready to vomit. You're hoping you can call in sick because when your kids pukes in the middle of the night, like, yeah. you know, not wishing harm on my children, but sometimes it was nice to be able to do that. Um, so Sunday dreads. Um, I think also some recognition that, you know, I truly was burned out was when I lost my sense of caring. Cause that was such a huge thing for me. And when I started to depersonalize people, and when I got intentional and I started realizing those patterns in my life, which that was when I was being coached personally. And I remember my coach making me do those assignments and I was like, God damn it. I don't want to do this. But when I did, that's when I'm like, this has got to change because I cannot keep living like that. So then I went back to my administration. I was like, I got to go part-time because I, I, I got to at least keep my head afloat and, I was the primary breadwinner in our family and, and, you know, loans, home. We had two kids at the time. Um, so I, I didn't have that courage at that point to walk away and find something new. But through going part time, I felt like on the days that I was not in the office, it was like coming up from the deep end in the pool and like getting a huge breath so that then the next day when I was going back in, I could dive down to the bottom, but I knew I was going to resurface again. So yeah. that really brought even more clarity into my life. And then I remember, and I still have the piece of paper that I wrote. I want every day to feel like a Tuesday or Thursday because those were my days off. Mm -hmm. And so that, as I started looking at what I wanted to do in life and where I wanted to be, you know, I'm not a foo-foo person, but I started going off that feeling. What did that feel like? And how I name it is freedom. That felt like freedom today to me to have those days. I wasn't sitting around eating bonbons. You know, we were hustling and, you know, if it wasn't stuff at home with laundry and kids and that sort of thing, I was giving academic lectures. I was going to CMEs. Like I was still doing things, um, a lot of volunteer work. So I was still doing my art of healing in the world and it was just on my terms. And so um, I needed to last out at, you know, a non-compete. So I went from family medicine. I hopped over to a different specialty into ER and with their flex schedule of um, shifts, you know, I had more of those kind of days. And then after my non-compete ran out, I realized like, okay, it's time. The courage is here. You know, I had kind of put my own 
own timeline on because I really could have done this at any point. But in my own head, I was like, okay, I've got to get through this and then I've got to get through that. But it wasn't until I was in the ER and I started feeling those like little sonar pings of burnout coming back. Like ping, there's a Sunday dread and ping, you don't want to get out of your car right now to go into your shifts. But I was quick to identify those and say, okay, I see what's happening here. And that's okay because we've weathered this storm before and we've figured it out that then I was really able to step out fully encouraged like we're talking about today and say, I'm just going to take this on and I'm going to put my healing art into the world in a totally non-traditional way. And I may fall on my face with it, but I'm going to learn a whole lot along the way and I'm going to be a lot happier in life. What about you four years ago? Was it, was it like an overnight epiphany or was it kind of like me and it took a while? Well, yeah, like I said, I, you know, while I was in private practice, um, I really started to focus on sleep, um, mostly because of the trials and tribulations that I was dealing with at home and realizing that I didn't know as much, um, initially going into it. But then throughout that process as well, my father got sick, um, he's diagnosed with bladder cancer and trying to juggle um, a baby and, you know, going to his appointments. And I sort of became his um, advocate, his medical advocate, um, and going to his appointments and making sure, you know, he understood the labs and the tests and, you know, that sort of thing. And trying to take time off work to do that and take care of the baby. And, you know, um, it just became difficult. And so I was like, how can I do it all? You know, how can I be the daughter, be the doctor daughter, um, you know, be a mother, um, and be the physician, um, and do right by my patients. And it was, you know, proving to be difficult. And finally, um, I was like, you know, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a way where you can be everything to everyone without compromising yourself. Um, and so I thought, you know, this is something that's been circulating in my head for so long. If any time's a good time, this would be the time to do it, to sort of take the break off uh, from work. And so that I had more time with my dad and his appointments and dealing with illness, but also at the same time, try to see if I could develop something of my own that would eventually allow me to have more time with the family. Yeah. um, That's when I was like, you know what? I think it was like all points, you know, leading to the same, into the same direction, like, you know, more time with uh, family. Yeah. So I was like, if I can make this work with this idea that seems to be working um, and have more time to spend with family and be able practice and help others um, on my own time, then why not? You know, because you can't, I couldn't cancel a day of patients because my dad had a surgery scheduled the next day. So um, obviously I I wouldn't be able to do that now, but um, there was a lot more flexibility in my day-to-day now than there was. Don't you think it's, like, like gaining back the control, like gaining back the, the, this is mine. 
and this is how I want to be because I find that like um, my physician friends who have a little bit more autonomy in their if they're an employed physician but yet they have their own autonomy they do seem to be a lot happier um, because I, I think that really is important to yeah. us absolutely and I think too like you mentioned like being everything to everybody that's important you know, it takes a little time to figure that out that, you know, for so long, we, we are everything to everybody. And then you get further down the road and then you have nothing left for yourself. And you're like, where did all my energy go? Where, where, where did everything go as far as with that? And so I know that was a learning process to me that I've never been a good rester. Like even now, this is so funny as we like watch Netflix or my kids are watching a stupid show or something like I still crochet. Like I have to keep like continue to keep doing something. Yeah. And so that has been a struggle for me is to learn rest. Yeah. I remember, so my dad ended up passing away and um, I remember I was seeing a therapist and she said, um, you know, can you just like sit and watch TV and just kind of veg out and not be doing something? And I was like, no, I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I, like you said, like you have to be doing something. I, I on call if you're when I was at the hospital, if I wasn't a baby or doing something, I was knitting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, or you know, there's always something, um, and it's hard to back and say, you know what, I can just sit and watch TV I can just a book or myself. And, and a lot of that um, self-healing or just healing in general, we still try to put out to others like, oh, my kids need me, my husband needs me, my parents need me. Um, and to normally, um, I think my husband always used to say like, um, you got to pay yourself out of the, you know, if the whole day out of all the things that need to be um, attended to, you have to take time out for yourself. You have to pay yourself. And um, learning that takes, and putting that into practice takes courage. <laughs> yeah. Because when did we ever learn to pay ourselves first in medicine, in medical no. training? We didn't. No. I, like, you had to, how many times did you have to pee, but you had to hold it because you had to go answer the pager? Or um, did you skip a meal because you had to, Know, admit a patient or whatever it was that needed to happen um, all your needs got put aside and then that's what I think leads to burnout and leads to mistakes and leads to the healthcare system that we sort of found ourselves in now you know? absolutely I absolutely agree with that and I think that's one huge fundamental change particularly with um, female physicians that I work with is I have like a no tolerance you cannot skip self-care because you've not had it for so very long just like I was telling you before we hopped on the recording you know since I've taken these weeks off I have worked out every morning I have gotten like legit eight hours of good sleep a night. I feel like a whole new woman, a whole new woman, just because of doing like the basics of life. Like I haven't really changed my diet that much. I mean, not, I'm not eating terrible, but you know, I'm not like really stricting down, but just like, like you said, paying yourself first in the morning, yeah. going and having that time. Oh my gosh. It is, it has been a life changer. I had, 
I'll be honest, you know, I had dabbled in self-care. I'd really tried to do it in the past. And it was my own coach who was like, Erin, you have to have more fun in your life. She's not a physician. So I, at first I was like, ah, you're just saying that. Like, you just have fun all the time. You don't know. But why did we get so weird or so crazy in our culture that have, we have to be so self-sacrificing? Yeah. I mean, it feels selfish to like go get a massage or, you know, go get a cup of coffee with a friend. You know, it feels like you're not helping others and that's what you should be doing at all times. Um, yeah. Getting but, around that mindset takes some, takes some time. Yeah, It I'm does so take some time. Now. I would pick up junk food, fast food on the way home, um, just so that I could hurry up and get home or, um, you know, exercise. Like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> you tell parents all day long, make sure you're getting your exercise. You're telling others to do it when, it, you know, it's so medicine sometimes can be so hypocritical because you're teaching something that you yourself don't practice. Yeah, I can remember looking at pictures of me in, in college. I was a collegiate athlete and feeling anger towards that picture because I'm like, she didn't even know. She didn't even know that how much that she would enjoy two-a-days now that she's a grown-up doctor and she can't even work out twice a month. Mm -hmm. And it's that's where I've really learned. Like When you feel anger or you feel jealousy or shame, it's time to lean into those emotions because they are telling you something there. There's something underneath of that. And so that's what I've been doing lately is like, if I start feeling those pings of anger, a little bit of jealousy, like when I look at somebody's Facebook, I'm like, Oh, she's going on vacation again. I'm like, all right, you need to do a little vacation, even if it's a little staycay somewhere. Yeah. That's what your inner soul is telling you. That's what your body is telling you. It's what your mind is telling you. And that's not wrong. It's not selfish. Because since I've started doing that, life has been so much more fun. It's been mm -hmm. so much more enjoyable. And that, in turn, builds your courage. It yeah. builds your bravery. And I feel like I have so much more to give now. I don't feel right? like that and empty then, vessel. And then your kids see that and, uh, you know, grow from that. Like my son, uh, who's 10, um, is starting his own company. Like he came up with a logo and a website and, you know, um, he's like, I'm a founder and CEO of this company. And, um, you know, like he's, he's seen me kind of go through this whole process and, you know, wants to be an entrepreneur and an architect and, uh, you know, who knows what else, but it's, it's, um, you're teaching your kids by making this um, leap to to be to take care of yourself and in in that way you're taking care of your family instead of where before we're like taking care of my family is me running around and working myself to death and making sure there's lots and lots of money and you know um, I got to help others and that's how I'm going to show them that that's what a good doctor looks like but when you take care of yourself first you can take care of others better. Um, and that's what a good doctor looks like. Yeah, that's, that is, that's, I mean, that's what a good mom, a good person, like being yeah. present. Like I now feel more present for my children. I feel more present for my patients. I feel a yeah. lot more present for my husband. God love him. He's been through hell and back with me. <laughs> and it, it really does make a huge difference. Well, this has been 
the best conversation that I had. And I'm so glad that we recorded it and that we get to share it with everyone. Yes. So if there are other female physicians out there who have heard this and they're like, oh my God, they're just excited as I am about this. Where can they contact you or find out more about what you're doing? So if they go to www.sleeplessandnola.com, um, they'll have access to my website that gives them lots of information about all the different packages and programs that, that I offer. I do pregnancy packages to get um, parents started on the right track with sleep, um, where we look at the nursery and the registry and that sort of thing, um, all the way to um, adolescents um, who are having sleep difficulties. So they can choose different packages or just schedule a free 20 minute consultation um, to talk about what their issues are and we'll figure out what plan or package would be best for them. Um, even as minimal as just an hour on the phone um, or a full three hour consult. So um, sleeplessandnola.com. You can also go to Sleepless and Nola, uh Facebook page. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter and um Google Plus and LinkedIn, <laughs> all of those, but the website is probably the best place to contact me directly, uh, Awesome. Well, I love it. We all need a little sleep. I, I am now a believer after 15 days of really working, like truly working on my sleep, not half-assing it and saying I'm getting sleep and not. So I think that you are doing amazing work. I love your heart. You're going to have to come back on the podcast and pick another word so we can talk some more on this because it has been such a delight. So thank you so much. Thank and everybody, you. stay tuned. I'll have a great little talk after this. I wasn't lying, was I? It was really, really good. Well, I still come back to some of our conversation. And what I wanted to do today to give you a little kick of encouragement is to do a mini coaching session. So you've been listening for a little while. Um, you know that I'm a physician life coach and it's not a really clear defined role in medicine what a life coach actually does. To me, my role is being a doctor to doctors. I help colleagues clarify their issues, sticking points, challenges, and then I walk beside them and give them a fresh point of view or try to give them a fresh point of view on their situation to move down a path that is most fulfilling for them. Life coaching is not therapy. It doesn't dwell in the past. It sim simply picks up here in the present and is attempting to move towards the future. And that's what I really love about it because you can do a deep dive. You can talk about things in the past and likely most of the times we do, we do need to unload um, some of those traumas and hurts that we're carrying with us. But that's not the only dwelling point. The dwelling point is where you are and where do you wanna go? And so with that being said, I thought it would be really fun to pose some of the questions that I talk with other f fellow female doctors um, during calls that we have or during video chats to maybe see if this is something that you would be interested in. Because so many times turning the tables, we're the ones that always ask the questions. We're the ones gathering information and we don't take time to be the answer of the questions. So just a quick list, quick list of questions. If you wanna get all of them, you can go to the transcription on my website and get the full list there. 
But question number one that I want to ask you is, where are you stuck? Where do you go, ugh, when it's mentioned? Or just get uneasiness? Or is a total energy drag? Where are you stuck? So after you've thought of that, the next thing I typically talk with people about is you've been looking at this sticking point, typically from one of a few directions. What I want to do is open your mind up and say, what angles can I look at this that I haven't been? So how can I look at this from a different point of view? And sometimes the best thing to do this is to take yourself out of you, so out of your own brain, and look at it from a different person's point of view. And what I mean by that is so many times we have mentors or heroes or champions in our life that we really role model. And they can be alive, they can be dead, they can be in current times, they can be in history, they could be characters in books that we've read. Any and all of those totally apply in this situation. So I want you to think about right now, who in your life is super influential? Who is that role model? Who is that person that you go back to and really look up to? So for me, sharing, when I was a uh, late elementary school, just beginning middle school, I got into uh, the book series by Tamora Pierce um, that was about a girl knight, a girl who became a knight and she stayed hidden in all of these knight trainings. So she like wrapped her chest when she started to develop breasts and, and her name is Elena, Elena. And so a lot of times um, I think of what would Alana do? Um, other times I love me some Katniss Everdeen. Not gonna lie, I practice with a bow and arrow just so I can be Katniss Everdeen from um, the Hunger Games. Um, I love Jennifer Lawrence too, don't get me wrong, in the movies, but I really love the books. And so she's a character that I think is totally fierce and I will think about situations from her point of view. And then a living person who comes to mind many times is my grandmother. Um, she was a hugely influential person in my life, um, a second mom to me. And so I will think about situations from her perspective. And why I mentioned these three different examples is because what this is trying to get you to do is to look at your situation just from a completely different point of view than who you are and it gets you out of your own head and it gets you out of those negative thought patterns and it just shakes shit up so that you can get creative so think of who your people are and then i want you to ask the question how would this that person handle this situation kind of interesting isn't it Going on through our next series of questions, if you could do anything that you wanted, what would you do? If free choice was totally available, what would you do? And then from thinking through all of these questions, then I always ask people to formulate next steps. And these steps don't have to be huge. Too many times 
we are alpha females and instead of just taking one step forward, we want to like long jump 15 feet forward. So I want to back you up and just say, what would be your next one or two steps and how you can think through the situation through your sticking points? What are those one or two steps that you could move in a better direction from? Well, I hope you enjoyed this mini coaching session. If you found it fun, I can do more of these. I have lots and lots of questions. I love to think of more questions. And I would love for all of you to join the Dr. Me First Facebook group. It's a group that I've put together um, so that we don't only interact in the podcast, but we can interact online. And you will notice that I will start posting more questions like this to get you thinking as well. And I encourage you as well to interact and ask questions within the group. So come up and find me at the Dr. Me First Facebook page, and I would love for you all to join me. As always, as we conclude our podcast, please remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters.